Welcome to the University of North Georgia Nighthawk Athletics Hawk Talk radio show and podcast series. Hawk Talk is an effort to bring the message of the Nighthawk Nation directly to the North Georgia community. The show is carried each week on the flagship radio station of UNG Athletics, Glory 97.9 FM and AM 1330 WGTJ. And it's archived on the podcast page at ungathletics.com. The Hawk Talk initiative aims to provide weekly in-depth feature content highlighting the stories behind North Georgia athletics. A pleasant good afternoon and welcome into Hawk Talk, the weekly radio show and podcast series for North Georgia athletics. Walker McCreary in the Hawk Talk recording studio actually back on campus as today, uh, the first day of starting to phase back into campus and actually pleased to be joined in person by our first guest since then, of course, sitting six feet apart, socially distancing ourselves. Chris Adams, the head women's soccer coach here at North Georgia. Coach, thanks for uh, stepping in. Glad to actually see somebody face-to-face for the first time in about four months. Sure, sure. Thanks for the Luke Combs <laughs> reference, you know, right at the beginning there. I kind of favor him a little bit. So, um, no, I'm, I'm with you. Glad to be back on campus and, uh, you know, get back to, to whatever the new normal is. So, thanks for having me. Well, when you talk about that new normal, you guys are going to be kind of the first ones out of the gate when we get going uh, whenever that ends up being being a fall sport. We'll get into that a little bit uh, later on in this conversation. But I want to start with something that came out uh, last week, of course, got posted on the website on uh, Friday. One of your former players, Rosie Embley, signing to play professionally with uh, FC Malaga City Feminino. A big accomplishment for your program and for Rosie as well. Yeah, I mean, super happy for Rosie. You know, uh, you know, she's just... Her passion for the game is apparent. Um, you know, we've been very pleased to have her um, in our program, someone that just eats, drinks, you know, watches the game and just understands it uh, at the highest level. Um, so very deserving um, for her to continue her career, um, you know, and following footsteps of, of some of her predecessors. I mean, Jade Pinnock also, you know, another one who um, has gone on to, to play professionally after leaving us. And so, um, you know, I, I think it speaks highly to a lot of things. First and foremost, credit to those kids um, who just buy into our program, you know, and, and continuing to, to work hard to get better. Um, also, you know, accolades to strength and conditioning coaches because Rosie came here and uh, was a toothpick, you know, and I'm being <laughs> kind when I say that. Um, so, you know, credit to the strength coaches for, for putting a bit more uh, strength and power um, with her. She definitely, um, you know, is, is, is much stronger than mm-hmm. when she came to us. Um, you know, and then just her ability to adjust and adapt to the American game, um, which is a bit faster, um, which there is a bit more pressure, a bit more athleticism involved um you know she's made a great adjustment to that and I, I think her reward is is the opportunity to keep playing so um you know personally I, I I'm proud that we can uh you know we can create an environment that these players are playing at a high enough level six days a week and through our training that when they're done that that that's a possibility you know it's a real possibility mm-hmm. to move on and play and um you know I think Casey Smith and, and Emily Dover also went on to play with the Atlanta Silverbacks mm-hmm. after playing with us and so um, so it's it's starting to become a little bit more of a trend and, and a, a trend that really is a, is a positive step, um, you know, both for individuals and in that ability and, and for our program, you know, preparing them for, for that next step. And you mentioned being prepared for that next step. One of the best midfielders to come through uh, the blue and white, 17 goals, 19 assists in her uh, career. That's uh, third all-time in career assists, second all-time in penalties converted. Uh, she was very good at the spot as our 
a lot of players that come through here. And I think the thing that really stood out to me when, you know, doing a little bit of research to write the story and stuff is while she uh, is going to be playing in the Spanish fourth tier, for those that uh, don't know soccer overseas, like Premier League and stuff, they have the different tiers of soccer that are uh, labeled with numbers first, second, third, fourth. But they're still going to be playing teams like FC Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, Atletico Madrid, uh, a, a lot of really good competition and a chance to kind of put North Georgia on the map in that way because whenever fans are watching over there uh, in Spain or who, wherever you're watching from, the broadcasters and everybody are going to be saying, you know, played at North Georgia, and that's a pretty cool thing to have your program on a global scale, I would imagine. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, you know, with, with those clubs, they're structured a lot different than us. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even if you're in that fourth tier, you know, all the way up through the, the top team, um, they're using the same training grounds. They're using a lot of the same coaches and technical directors. And so um, really it's just getting your foot in. You know, equivalent probably best thing would be minor league baseball. Um, if you can get in with a minor league baseball team, then you can get seen. And, and now the ball's in your court as to whether you can, you know, promote up the ranks. And, and I think that's one of the things that uh, you know Jade has done a fantastic mm -hmm. job I mean jumping two or three times now and, and, and playing now for Sheffield United you know she has climbed the ranks um, extremely yeah. quick and and winning championships along the way you know so um, so you know credit to both of them for for just continuing to chase their dream mm -hmm. and continuing to you know to play the game and you know uh, probably more than anything else, we speak a lot to the soccer, but I, I'm going to miss the English banter coming off of Rosie. I mean, you know, she keeps it light, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, perhaps when I take myself a little too serious, um, Rosie's the one that could kind of, mm -hmm. with her banter, could kind of put me back in check. And uh, we, we kept each other honest, so <laughs> to speak, and, and uh, you know, would have some pretty good conversations. So you go going to miss having her around and, and don't know – uh, who the next class clown will be, but uh, I'm sure someone will will likely um, pick up that role. But but Rosie's one of the best we've had at, at just banter and and uh, great conversations um, throughout her career here. Speaking with head women's soccer coach Chris Adams here on Hawk Talk. Let's rewind a couple of months. We mentioned at the top this is our first day back in the office uh, since about mid March, whenever everything started to go down and everything gets canceled. One of the things that kind of slides under the radar, though, because the baseballs, the softballs, the track kind of got the headlines, and basketball even as well, of having canceled. You guys are right in the middle of off-season workouts and getting ready to start up a spring schedule of exhibitions uh, to see where your team's at moving forward toward the fall. How did everything, you know, how did those, how did you guys take those curveballs and uh, keep moving forward to stay on track to be ready for whenever you're able to take the field in the fall. Yeah, I mean, that preparation is critically important. You know, when the uh, fall ends, you know, the, you're, you're instantly putting that season to rest, but then you're, you're beginning to pay it forward, you know, preparing for the next fall. So um, our spring preparation is all about getting that next person up, repetition, um, getting them in game situations. Um, we were able to play two of our five spring games, um, so we did at least get our feet wet, but uh, we're definitely – um, you know, looking forward to playing several more opponents and, and getting some more on the field experience. Um, 
you know, I, I think it's a little bit scary as a coach that, that really what it's done, it's almost made it like a five-month summer. Um, and so, you know, we trust and depend so heavily on our players to prepare themselves um, and come in ready because, you know, in a typical year we'll come in and, and likely play an exhibition game three, four, five days into preseason. Um, and so they have to come in at least soccer fit, and then we just have to kind of add the soccer into it and the, the – camaraderie and, and, and team component mm -hmm. of it, um, you know, but but I do need to, to kind of give accolades to NCAA for, for a rule change um, that I think is very meaningful with, with allowing us to work with our players. Um, you know, if you look at American football, they've, they've all uh, for years have had the opportunity, mm -hmm. um, whether it's even seven on seven or whatever the case may be, they've been able to get out and work with their players over the summer um, and really prepare their players. And so, um, you know, we're here and, and, and Kaylee and I are extremely excited um, about that opportunity to get out and, and work individually with our players to help prepare them. Um, because, you know, in most years you're sitting back and crossing your fingers and just hoping mm -hmm. um, that because we have such high character kids that they're doing what they need to, to be doing in order to be ready. Um, but, but candidly, with a group of 26, you're going to have some that are overachieving. You're going to have some that are sitting on the sofa eating bonbons <laughs> and then, some, you know, everything in between. And so, um, so I think it's, uh, you know, luckily um, the standard is so high that, that we've got a lot more high achievers than, than ones that, that get left behind. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm looking forward to them being able to work with the strength coaches as well as work with us um, where we can make sure that they're getting – you know, the individual work to, to be ready to go. So I think um, that's a critical part and something that I think, you know, my, my staff has done a fantastic job of, of working individually with each player to make sure they're ready for, for what their task uh, and position is. Men's, or women's soccer coach Chris Adams here on Hawk Talk with us. I'd be remiss to not dive in a little bit into uh, the Peach Belt Conference schedule. Of course, there's still so many things uh, – out there in the open as to when we'll be able to play games and stuff like that. I know we've got a schedule online that looks to be pretty solid, but, you know, there's no telling what happens with this uh, pandemic and such. But as we take a look at the Peach Belt Conference side, because the Peach Belt has committed to playing uh, those games, you guys have a, an interesting schedule this year, and we've talked about it a little bit off the air, that you guys, in the last year that these two schools are in the league, UNC Pembroke and Francis Marion, you get to make those one road trips one more time. I, I, I know that that's uh, not, not exactly the most uh, fun thing, getting on the bus and driving that far, but uh, I know that you're also looking forward to being able to playing all of those conference games, including that uh, one that starts off conference play against UNCP. Yeah, thanks for just peeling the Band-Aid <laughs> off there, Walker. I had actually, uh, you know, had forgotten about it uh, momentarily, you know. I mean, uh, and now adding the Queens game, we're at least home two weekends of the season and, and away every other one. So, uh, you know, at, at least uh, we've got a couple weekends mm -hmm. to showcase. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel pretty good about things. I mean, as far as, you know, in, in the conference, um, you know, Pembroke's a tough out. Mm -hmm. um, that's a tough road trip, a tough place to win. But uh, but but I, I think we're up for the challenge. I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, this last time that we're going to play them, that we're guaranteed to play them, you know, not likely we'll choose to go six hours for a non-conference game and continue that rivalry. Um, so I think, you know, it's important we get our nose out in front, you know, of them and, and, and take care of that, you know, where you, you put yourself – 
in a situation to host and not have to travel when the when the conference tournament comes around. And then um, Francis Marion, you know, with a coaching change, uh, you know, anytime there's a coaching change, um, everybody's typically motivated to prove to that new coach what their worth mm -hmm. is to the team. Um, so, you know, Lindsey uh, Morgan had done a fantastic job with them, and I actually um, thought she had them headed in the right direction. So, uh, you know, but now um, with a coaching change, we'll see. You know, it's kind of the, the unexpected. Um, you know, and both of them road trips um, that are pretty far on a bus. Um, yeah. Not the not the best road trips, but uh, but they're ones that that we'll tackle and, and and take care of. And then you know, obviously Flagler and Columbus as well. Um, you know, two opponents that Flagler you know really um, they lost a little bit, but but I would say you know them having won it last year and mm -hmm. made it as far as they do, um, I would have to say they're likely to be the favorite going in and. And then, you know, Columbus, we go back to Columbus, which actually is a good thing. We've had far more <laughs> far more success playing Columbus at their field than we have at ours. Um, I think here at our field, we've only tied them, um, I believe. And then, you know, we've, we've beat them on several occasions at their field. So, um, so prefer, uh, it's one of those weird matchups where it's not that far away. And, and for whatever reason, we, we actually really, um, you know, tend to play well when we play at Columbus State. So looking forward to the conference schedule. And then, you know, we have three non-conference games um, scheduled, and all three of those are at home, um, which at least helps tip the scale, um, where I think we have two more home games than away games this year um, to make up for those um, very long road trips yeah. that, that you uh, you prodded me, po pokes <laughs> the bear at the beginning, so to speak. Well, the, the conference seems like it's as wide open as as I can remember it being with – you get, like you said, you guys have played better at Columbus than uh, against Columbus here over the past few meetings. In fact, winning the last two matchups at the Walden Soccer Complex. Uh, Flagler, of course, losing a little bit, but not a lot. UNC Pembroke lost a lot, but a tough place to play. It just seems like between five or six teams even, this conference schedule on the women's soccer side is going to be as fun as any of the sports in the Peach Belt Conference this year, just from a sense of competition. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's tough. I mean, it's there's there's not, you know, there used to be, candidly, when we came in, um, after a couple of years, there were two or three games that when you got the schedule, you just circled them and, and they were, uh, you know, pretty much a guaranteed mm -hmm. win but uh, now you know you look at uh, an opponent like Georgia Southwestern that you know was an easy out in the past and last year uh, I believe you know with maybe I don't know it's like 11 or 13 minutes left we're up one nothing yeah. um, and we end up scoring too late to put them away three nothing so if you looked at the score line you said oh three nothing you know one one handily yeah correct and and so you know, now a Georgia Southwestern, you know, has become much more athletic, much more organized. Um, again, a coaching change um, on, on with them as well. Um, but basically, you know, they, there's there's no easy games, uh, you know, in the Peach Belt, and and I think that's what that's what makes it fun to play in. I mean, you know, every single day you got to show up, um, and 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 to me, that's how you prepare yourself for a postseason run is playing in a conference. You know, I w I would equate it to to the SEC in football. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's those teams are so prepared by the time they get to to the you know postseason run because they've just played you know so many <laughs> tough opponents that it's not new for them and they don't freak out just because you know they're playing a quality opponent. 
got, I got one more topic that I want to get to, and this is completely outside of North Georgia. I want to jump into the MLS side with Atlanta United uh, coming back in the MLS's back tournament. They find themselves in an interesting group um, with uh, Columbus and Cincinnati and New York Red Bulls, one of the biggest rivalries for Atlanta United. I, I want to get your prediction on that first, but I also want to get your prediction for what would be called the group of death with LAFC, Galaxy, Portland, and Houston as well, all in that group. Only the top two getting to move on in that getting back to action tournament. Uh, there are some interesting matchups there that, uh, from a soccer guy, if I'm picking the bracket, you know, trying to beat some teams or beat some friends on like a bracket pick them, I, I need to know who to pick. So uh, starting with the Atlanta United group and maybe helping me out with that LAFC group. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I like Atlanta United's group. I mean, I think, you know, them and, and New York obviously are the class of that group, and I, I think they'll be able to get through, you know, Columbus and Cincinnati, and, and, and that those two will be, um, you know, the two that come out of that group most likely. Um, the group of death, and when you get into those situations, it's uh, it, it's much more difficult. Um, I, I, I like the Galaxy um, okay. to a certain extent, but uh, – you know, I, I think LA Galaxy is my guarantee, and then you know uh, it's tough. Give me the others. Give me the others. LAFC, again. yeah, with Vela, yeah, and then Portland Timbers, the yeah. MLS Cup uh, champs last yeah. year, if yeah. I recall, correct. And then uh, Houston Dynamo, kind of uh, in doing a little bit of listening off to the side. A lot of people are saying they have a chance to really make some noise in that group and maybe slip in as that one of those third place teams to move on to the round of sixteen. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm not sold on Houston yet. Um, okay. You know, I'll take Vila for sure because <laughs> you know you do have the departure. Um, you know, uh, they, they of uh, Zlatan. Zlatan is left, and so that's going to make that uh, a bit more difficult. So actually, I'm going to I'm going to hedge my bet there, <laughs> and I'm going to go with Vila. Uh, you know, so LAFC as, as the definite, and then uh, I'm going to go Portland as the second, okay. and and have have the Galaxy come out. Uh, so. You have to check me on that. Uh, you know, I'll so, take my. So, uh, I'll take that note down because uh, I, I'm pick. I'm getting ready uh, in the next week or so to you know put down my bracket challenge to get into a little friends group that we've got going on, and that that group was a little tricky for me. Yeah, you know, a lot of yeah. good teams there. I mean, somebody can go bold and take that Houston, and if it happens, then they win. But uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I think you got to prove yourself. You know, I'm not, I'm not for the sleeper pick. It's not the, uh, you know, March Madness, uh, yeah, round of 64 with the no. nun, with the nun behind you winning <laughs> winning games left and right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you got to go with the favorites until someone upends them. One more question for you, Coach, as we look forward to September and getting ready to get things uh, back going to a new sense of normal. What are you most looking forward to? Uh, it doesn't have to be soccer related, but, you know, as we start to get back uh, to being in the office like we are part time now, soon to transition to full time in about a month or so. Uh, what are you most looking forward to as we try and get back to whatever the new normal is? Yeah, I mean, just the relationships, you know, you, you just uh, sometimes perhaps you take them for granted. I mean, both um, staff and players alike, you know, you're sitting at home twiddling your fingers and just, you know, wishing you were uh, you were at work, you know, and just seeing your colleagues and, and people that support you. Um, and, and, you know, this is the longest break in my lifetime to not be able to, to actually get out there and coach. And so 
Um, I, I'm really missing that interaction with our student athletes. You know, I, I mean, um, it, it's been worded that I'm tough but fair, um, <laughs> which is probably a decent assessment because I really push them and, and mm-hmm. try to get the most out of them. But, uh, you know, I, I, I hope they understand that, that that's, uh, there's an intent to that and that I want to get the most out of them and, and, and wish the best for them. Um, but I, I think it's that, just those relationships, you know, that uh, – you know, that, that occur. And, and, and it's also very fun. Um, it, it's borderline Christmas morning when you get your new players in. And mm-hmm. so a new group that I know from our Zoom calls, um, you know, the new norm of <laughs> Zoom calls, you know, um, that, that I know that group is, is really eager. They, you know, they're another one that, that got their graduations and their proms and, and, and stuff upended. And so the, they are very anxious to kind of get off to their new start. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think um, just aiding those those guys and, and getting back to, to doing stuff and, and for them as I shared with them I you know I, I, I'm, I'm empathetic to so many things being taken away um, but but the thing I kind of reiterated to them they also have a new beginning and, and just think about those others that that was kind of the the end of the road for them and the last stop you know these guys got a fresh new start um, and so I've kind of emphasized to them you know as much as that stuff's difficult and, and tough to swallow at the very least, we can look forward and, and be positive about the, the fresh start that they get. So excited about that as well. So, you know, getting back to around my colleagues, you know, like yourself, Walker. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to, to be, you know, be here and, and have that exchange and, and uh, you know, and just working with the players and getting our new people in here is what I'm most excited about. Well, I'm looking at a countdown clock on the women's soccer schedule right now, and if everything holds up the way that we're hoping so, September 12th will be kickoff at the UNG Soccer Complex at Cottrell Park in 88 days and 22 hours from when we're recording this. I cannot wait for those 88 days to fly by. Head women's soccer coach Chris Adams. Coach, thanks for joining us today on Hawk Talk. Game on. Let's go. (laughs) Go Nighthawks. Join us next time where we continue to dive into North Georgia athletics. I'm Walker McCrary for Coach Chris Adams. This has been Hawk Talk. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast from UNGAthletics.com or subscribe to Hawk Talk online. Join us next Monday at 3.30 p.m. on Glory 97.9 FM and AM 1330 WGTJ for the next edition of Hawk Talk. For more information on North Georgia athletics, visit the official home of the Nighthawks, UNGAthletics.com.